Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. It's Thursday, November the third, twenty twenty-two. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Wow, we have a lot to cover today. Let me um, begin with this. Where in the Word are you? Because until we spend some time in the Word of God, we've got no business getting out there into the business of the day, um, all of which is the Father's business. And so, you know, when you're getting into other people's business today, it's okay because it's ultimately the Father's business and you're there um, as His agent of grace and ambassador of His kingdom principles and purposes, his character and his ways. All right, in order to know all of that, in order to be prepared to engage in the good works that God has uh, laid out for us and the divine appointments that God has set, we got to be in the Word of God. So where in the Word are you today? I'm going to lift up today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day, which you can uh, get in your inbox by signing up for it at myfaithradio.com. The Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. This is a wonderfully encouraging verse in terms of living out the spiritual gifts that God has invested in us or the talents that he has um, invested in us. This verse reminds me of Paul's admonition in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks and glory to God the Father through him. Let's touch on a couple of headlines uh, here today. Uh Ethiopia's Tigray conflict. There's an update here from the BBC that there is a truce agreed to, um, but that that is not going to um, have a whole lot of influence upon the humanitarian crisis that now exists there and the famine that is um, imminent in that region of the world. A um, couple of uh, famine-related headlines here as well from uh, East Africa, um, from Asia, from Syria, um, it's possible that uh, we're going to be facing a global famine in ways that um, we've never experienced before, in part because we will see it happening. We will, we will watch it happening. Um, there hasn't been a global famine in the day, uh, in, in the era of social media. And so um, there's a part of me that wants to say, brace yourself because it's coming. A um, couple of headlines here um, before I deal for just a moment with the, with the topic of famine. The United States on Wednesday, so yesterday, called for Iran to be expelled from the United Nations Commission on Women. Yeah, you might be surprised that Iran 
was sitting on the United Nations Commission for Women, but they are. And so the United States is asking that Iran, um, citing the regime's systemic oppression of women and the violent crackdown on the streets um, during these protests in the last 45 days, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations uh, is um, is asking that the U.N. would not only condemn what is happening in Iran, but remove Iran from the U.N. Commission on Women. Russia said uh, yesterday that it was going to rejoin the agreement guaranteeing the safe passage for ships carrying grain exports from Ukraine. Again, this is uh, in part uh, in view of the global food supply breakdown that is in no small measure the responsibility of Russia because of its war on Ukraine. Ukraine is seeking to lift Russia's blockade of other commodities as well, not just grain, but also steel. Um, Ukraine is one of the world's leading suppliers of grain and other agricultural products like sunflower oil. Uh, And the United Nations and ministries throughout Africa, Asia, and the Middle East are raising the alarm about food security and the rising prospect of a nearly global famine. There have been catastrophic, catastrophic natural disasters in some places around the world, years-long drought in East Africa, ravages of war in other places, refugees and internally displaced people in record numbers. And these are people who have no source of income. They have no land upon which to cultivate food for themselves. They are literally um, dependent on the mercy of others. And so I thought that we would spend a minute talking about famine in the Bible and be sure that we have this in view. Um, So famine in the Bible is often seen as the consequence of generational sin, but it is also given as a sign that things are about to turn because people turn to God when all other resources literally run out. So consider for a moment how famine operates in the lives of so many characters that we celebrate in the Old Testament. It's a motivating factor for major change in the Bible. Think about famine. It's what drives Abraham to Egypt. Famine is what drives Isaac to the land of the Philistines. Famine is what drives Jacob and his family to Egypt. Famine is what drives Naomi to Moab. Naomi, you say, mm -hmm. her son marries Ruth, after whom the book, um, which records Naomi's story, is named. The story of Ruth begins with the desperation of a Jewish family escaping famine, and it ends with Ruth as an ancestor of King David. Yeah, in the ancestry of Jesus, so from Abraham to David to Jesus, um, the narratives of, of the Bible in some places move along the paths of famine. And with the movement of desperate people in desperate times, vulnerability is revealed and ministry opportunities are expanded. So consider all that is needed by a family that's forced to leave their home and their homeland and seek refuge from strangers in a foreign land. They are literally at the mercy of others. So today... Will they find mercy? Will they find mercy? In Matthew 24, Jesus tells us um, to expect uh, that as history unfolds, you know, there's going to be all kinds of grief and famine is among those. And then in Matthew 25, he describes those um, who live with the expectant hope of his return, their readiness for his arrival. And then Jesus describes the final judgment where he's going to sort out the sheep from the goats his true followers from those who just give him lip service as Lord, Lord, but who, whom he knows not. And the sorting of the sheep from the goats depends on evidence of mercy. 
toward the most vulnerable. Feeding the hungry, clothing and sheltering those who are wandering without a change of... This is my right, a right given by God, to live a free life, to live in freedom. Our friend Ben Johnson is back. You can find him at WashingtonStand.com. Good morning, Ben. Morning, Carmen. So um, talk with us about what is happening um between the Vatican and China and why the U.S. Religious Freedom Panel is speaking out against it. Yes, in uh, in China, there's a, a terrible uh, situation going on. The uh, Vatican has signed a uh, concordat, uh, originally signed it in 2018, uh, by, by, of course, uh, Pope Francis at that time, which essentially reversed 50 years' worth of, uh, of uh, Catholic teaching on this issue. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party uh, always wanted to monitor and control dissent. So they, uh, rather than allow free freedom of religion, people to belong to uh, whatever church they wish and have freedom of conscience, freedom of faith, uh, the ability to live out their faith, they set up uh, their own Catholic church. Um, anyone who's Catholic can instantly realize that's that's impossible. <laughs> uh, the, the definition of a Catholic is someone who is in communion with the Pope, and uh, they set up a, a church with their own quote-unquote bishops and and uh, their own you know ceremonies and so on that look like a, a Catholic church, but that are are not at all part of the actual Catholic Church. Uh, it's a state-controlled association. All of the actual Catholic uh, bishops and and so on priests had to be underground. In 2018, uh, Pope Francis signed a document that merged the two. It recognized all of the communists uh, who had been uh, appointed by the communist government to spy on uh, the Catholic Church in China. And um, he just recently renewed this. Now, the day after he renewed it, China put on trial a 90-year-old Catholic cardinal named Zen, uh, who is the, probably the most outspoken advocate for religious freedom and human rights in Hong Kong. So uh, he and several others are being persecuted in this uh, sham human rights trial, a 90-year-old saintly gentleman, uh, a man of deep and profound faith who is an outspoken advocate for human rights and religious liberty is going on trial. And uh, thankfully, a member uh, commissioner of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, Stephen, Stephen Schneck, uh, who had been with the Catholic University of America and served in the Obama administration, uh, is just pointing out that China once again has played the world. So uh, mm-hmm. he's he spoke. Should never have been signed in the first place. It certainly should not have been renewed. And uh, if you look carefully, there's just this recurring pattern. Uh, when China was applying to be part of the World Trade Organization, their advocates in Washington said, uh, you know, trade will open up and liberalize and democratize this communist government. Uh, we heard this as a bipartisan agreement at that time. We've heard many uh, human rights uh, advocates say that uh, we've had the exact opposite effect. The more money that we give them, the more that we are empowering a totalitarian regime. And now we see the exact same thing. People at the time argued that uh, we would be opening up a dialogue with China and Christians would have greater religious freedom. And it's exactly the opposite. Christians, uh, true believing Christians of all backgrounds, 
by uh, someone who was just essentially nominated to be dictator for life in China. Mm. All right, um, Ben, we're going to take a very brief break. We're going to probably reconnect with you so that we um, can resolve a couple of little technical glitches it sounds like we have on the line today. And then I want to talk with you about this research that both of us have read, um, released from Lifeway Research. And here's the question um, for you to consider. Um, Does it matter to you whether or not the people next to you in the pews share your political beliefs? Is your union in Christ about something different than that? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. We're talking with Ben Johnson. Uh, Among other things, he's a pastor, but he is also um, a political enthusiast. He's a senior reporter and editor at the Washington Stand. So, Ben, I thought thought this would be an interesting thing for you and I to look at today. Lifeway Research um, has released um, some some new information here that I find kind of intriguing. Uh, Half of U.S. Protestant churchgoers who were surveyed said that they would prefer to attend a church where people share their political views. And 55% believe, well, that's already true about the congregation where they worship now. Um, I don't know, your thoughts and observations about this research. Well, it's a fascinating study. You know, Lifeway does uh, tremendous research, and, and this is uh, an overview of virtually all the Protestant churches. Uh, the breakdown is really very interesting. Uh, when you get into it, as you say, 50% say they would prefer that, but uh, 40% say they would not. So there's a 10-point gap. People generally in Protestant churches want to be around people who share their political views. Now, when you break down the data, it's really sort of interesting because uh, the greatest gap here, uh, one one of the gaps, I I should say at any rate, uh, is that if you are an evangelical, you're less likely to believe that than if you're not evangelical, which is the exact opposite of what you would believe from watching the media. But in fact, it's the mainline denominations where people prefer to, uh, to be around people who share their political views by a 10-point gap. Uh, also, the, uh, more, the, the higher educational degree you have attained, you're much more likely. Uh, there's a 10-point gap or 11-point gap between those with graduate degrees and those who do not have uh, a college degree. Uh, also, uh, whites and blacks are basically the same in terms of, of that. The, the hats off, though, is to Hispanics. Only a quarter of Hispanics care. So hats off to them. Uh, they are they are uh, very uh, much more tolerant uh, politically than anybody else in America. But uh, what this survey tells me is that uh, basically there are two things. First of all, people are choosing churches based on secular criteria. Now, that's not necessarily new because people have always chosen churches based on Sunday school programs and 
youth programs and the quality of the pastor's voice and choir and so on. But the idea that now they're bringing in political views as a criteria for joining a church uh, is concerning to me because it ought to be the other way around. Our faith should inform what we believe. Our, what we, our political beliefs should not inform where we go. We, go. we don't go to church in order to be affirmed. We go there to be transformed by the power of the Word of God dwelling and living within us. And this idea of having a division uh, greatly concerns me because it, it harkens right back to 1 Corinthians 3, uh, where the Apostle Paul is saying, are you not carnal? One of you is saying, I'm of Paul. The other one is saying, I'm of Apollos. And the only thing that matters is the foundation, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's, that's one of the major concerns uh, that, uh, that I think you see highlighted with this, is that people are using secular criteria to, uh, to judge the Church. And then secondly, they're using that same criteria uh, to weed out uh, those whom they wish to fellowship with. And the entire history of uh, the Christian Church tells us there were, there were people who did that before. They were known as Pharisees and Sadducees who did not want to be with people who didn't wash their hands at the right time or who didn't have uh, the exact same perfect moral standards when they came into the community. And Christ is all about finding people wherever they are and transforming them through the power of the gospel uh, and seeing that we are one body in Christ. And whatever our views may be, uh, they will be transformed uh, by the power of the Word. So it's important uh, uh, that uh, when people speak on, on these issues, I guess the, the final thing that I would say is that many so-called political issues are really spiritual and religious issues, and they need to be dealt with from the pulpit, from a, from a perspective of faith, so that people have a good idea of what the Word of God says and uh, they can then deal with these in uh, in the proper perspective rather than bringing a secular perspective into the church. I think this um this question of of whether or not my politics is driving my religious affiliation or my um my religious convictions um you know the the way that I interact with um, the scriptures and what then the scriptures lead me to believe and therefore do, um, whether or not that is driving then my my political um, viewpoint, my vote, my political engagement, on and on and on and on and on. Um, I'm one of those people who recognizes that Christianity is intensely political, but not in the way that people often think about it. Um, and and I think that people are not as engaged as they should be as people of faith. I don't think people are bringing their faith to bear in the public square often enough. I think we're, I think, I think our voice is often sidelined because, you know, frankly, we're we're either ill-equipped or we're afraid to engage in, you know, in discourse that really does honor Jesus because we we look around and we're like, well, there are churches out there. Um, who are arguing the precise opposite of what I believe Scripture leads me to believe and do. And and I think that's part of the confusion of the day in which we live, Ben. I think that, you know, just in evidence here in this, um, in this survey, if there are Christians who believe that based on a denominational choice, they can also align with a political group, then we've— um, we are a long way from the unity of the body described in uh, in John seventeen, um, 
I mean, the divisions among us politically sort of bear witness against the or bear witness to the fact that we do not read the scriptures together. That is, I would endorse every word that you just said. That is absolutely perfect. You're right. We have this idea, uh, this sort of uh, bizarre notion that um, if if we believe something, then God himself must believe it. And we get to choose the doctrines of of uh, of uh, our church rather than the scriptures being revealed by God as the Word of God, breathe forward, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that come forward and instruct us on what we should believe. And because of that division, you know, there are some who are following the, uh, what, what is the clear Word of God historically passed down for 2,000 years in the Church, and others who have decided that the, uh, the Bible is essentially a tabula rasa, you can interpret it however you like, and the political eisegesis that takes place as a result of that has this great massive division where things that are sinful, harmful, things that will leave lasting scars on people, both literally and, and figuratively, spiritually speaking, are being endorsed from the pulpit. And it should not be so. Uh, so everyone should, should get forward and, uh, and proclaim the exact truth that has been upheld. And I think it's incumbent upon us uh, who are within this faith tradition to make sure that we never take a backward step. We should never be afraid to make our voices heard, to, uh, to cite the Scripture, to, to stand forth boldly and unapologetically on the Word of God because it is the Word of God, and not uh, to succumb to the possibility of bringing our own personal uh, point of view uh, when it comes to political matters into the pulpit on either side. The Word of God will transform us because it is intensely, as you say, uh, it is intensely tied up with the issues that we face day by day. So, Ben, you're going to really appreciate a conversation that I'm going to have an hour from now with uh, Patrick Schreiner. Uh, his new book is Political Gospel, and it is 100% on this topic. Um, and so uh, just you might want to catch that uh, later when you get a chance. Thank you, as always, so much for joining us and reflecting with us, bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the challenges that we face today. Um, we, we genuinely appreciate it. I can't wait to hear the next hour. God bless. Yeah, you as well. All right, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's take a moment for Upwards with Max Lucado. This is a kingdom. Wow, you guys are asking really great questions and lots of really good comments on the text line this morning. So just remember, you can communicate with me anytime during the show. Uh, text me at 877-933-2484. Uh, and yes, for those of you looking for links to the research and the articles we're discussing today, those are always available in the show notes. The show notes are posted at MyFaithRadio.com following the show. And uh, and you can easily get them wherever you download your podcast. So you're saying to yourself, oh, download the podcast. What's that about? All right. So you should be sub subscribing to the podcast for Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcast. So maybe you, you know, I don't know, maybe you listen to your podcast on Google Podcasts. Maybe you listen to it uh, on, on Apple. I mean, I don't know. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can subscribe to Mornings with Carmen. When you do that, every single day, you will automatically get the show notes um, when that podcast populates in your um, in your podcast feed. So that's an easy way to do that. Or you can get them every single day as well at MyFaithRadio.com. 
If you haven't done so, downloading the Faith Radio app might be something uh, good to do while you got your phone open there. Um, if you are listening uh, on an AM signal right now, you in particular should definitely download uh, the Faith Radio app because we are getting to that time of year when early in the day, um, our AM signals are at what's called low power, which means it's going to sound like this instead of sounding like this, which don't you want to hear this instead of... Okay, so in order to, you know, actually get the signal, you need to download the app and listen on the app during the seasons when, well, frankly, it's dark and cold at this hour of the morning. Kathy Brenzel is going to join us next from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. We're going to talk about praying in the lead up and through this election cycle. We're also going to talk about Veterans Day, which is coming up Next Friday, November the 11th, um, how can we be praying for and appreciating the members of our military and their families? All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All the world starts changing when the church starts Kathy Branzell is joining us this morning. You know her from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You can find your National Day of Prayer resources and all kinds of other wonderful things at nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, I am well. Uh, I, I am, yeah, I am well. We have a rodent problem at my house. Everybody listening oh. already knows that. But um, oh. yeah, so every morning when I get up and I can hear them, Ooh. I'm, I'm newly, I'm newly disgusted, but there you go. Yeah. It's because they're, up, they're up at four, they're up at four in the morning. They're not yeah. up when everybody else is up, but they're up when I'm up. So there you go. Oh, mm-hmm. Gracious. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I had coyotes at three o'clock this morning, like a whole pack <laughs> of them in my backyard <laughs> at three in the morning, having some sort of howling party. So <laughs> uh-huh. they're doing, they're doing one of two things. Would you like to know more about this? Coyotes no, they- when they're howling. Yeah, they're doing one or two things. They're either just trying to locate each other and sort of get the pack together, or yes. they're they're announcing breakfast. These oh. are these are the two these are the two options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if they're in their backyard, you kind of hope they're just you know gathering up, yeah, not announcing just, breakfast. You know, for, circling up for prayer. Let's go with that. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice, nice. For, That's a good segue. Yeah. There we That's go. a good segue. <laughs> so um, everyone knows that we are in an election cycle. Um, yes. And now that there's like early voting and vote by mail, and I just feel like it's not like election day anymore. It's election season. And it seems like one just rolls right into the next. Talk with us a little right. bit this morning about praying um, in an election cycle, um, how we pray in the midst of uh, of these kinds of days as Christians in the culture. Absolutely. This is so on my heart. I know it has been on yours as well, um, because we we have to use our voice. You know, God's given us so many things. And one of the greatest things he gave us was that we were born. We had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was all him. We got to be born in a country where every citizen has a vote. Every citizen has a voice. And and. I know there are times we have no idea how to use that voice, but we can't stand silent in the shadows and let other people make the decisions of our path and our future. And so we pray and we read the word of God and we pray and we have to remember we're not, we're not picking a pastor. We're not 
picking somebody that we're going to date or marry, we need to listen and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us discerning listening as each of the candidates talk because they should be discussing their agenda, their promises for the path that they want to take our community, our state, and our nation. And we need to even write it down and and then lay it on top of the word of God and and not just God's preferences, but God's commands. You know, God didn't give us his opinions. <laughs> he gave us an instruction book for 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 uh, life and life in him and life more abundant and decide, is this path, is this agenda in alignment with the values, the heart and the commands of God? And that's then how we go vote. So uh, w- one of the things I genuinely appreciate here is that, you know, you're not suggesting, hey, as a completely uninformed person, just wander in to um, into the booth and ask God to, you know, lead you in that moment to vote his will. No, we're talking about preparation as, a, right. um, you know, a, as a person who is privileged to to have a voice in the elected uh, process or the electoral process of the nation in which we live. And so when you hear Kathy and I talking about um, the privilege and responsibility responsibility of voting, that is because your voice matters and it it counts. And we want um, each person to be prepared. So, yeah, who are the candidates? Um, What are their positions? Listen to them. Um, Discern. Be a discerning voter um, and certainly ask God to lead you um, Mm -hmm. when there is, you know, when it's something that I think, um, wow, Father, it seems it seems like I don't have a good choice here to make or um, it seems like I have two equally good choices. Um, And so lead me in the way that I should go. I do think that we don't often consider, Kathy, we don't often consider the... um, the responsibility that we have to pray before we vote and to to have this be an act of faith as well. Right. And we will be held accountable. We have to remember that, that we have sins of omission as well as commission, right? So we, the things that God's expected us to do, told us to do, and we just don't do them. um, That's sin. And we're going to be held accountable when we get to heaven God's going to ask us, what'd you do with everything that I gave you? You know, the the reward moment. Um, you know, you're not going to go to hell because you didn't vote. So hear me. I'm not talking salvation. But we are going to be all called, Scripture says, to give an account for all of our deeds. And so um, if you have at any moment had a critical thought or voiced a complaint about your city, about your state, or about your nation over the last couple of years, this is your chance. This is your real chance to make a difference. So go vote. Mm-hmm. So helpful. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. We are quickly approaching, I mean, as in like a week from tomorrow, uh, Veterans Day. I know yes. that this is um, on your heart as mm-hmm. uh, a person from a military family. Um, remind us, uh, you know, how how to pray for and how to show appreciation of our military members and their families. 
Oh, yes. And, you know, I was a military brat. I always say I don't understand that because why they called us brats, because we were far from spoiled. Um, the entire military family sacrifices. If you know somebody in the military, if you live near a military fort, camp, base, a military installation, um, I'm going to encourage you to reach out and find out how you could be helpful over this holiday season. Um, a military life is sacrificial in so many ways, including financial, including uh, the military spouse, uh, the, the military member being gone over holidays. And, um, and of course, every time we see somebody in uniform saying, thank you for your service, um, we, we want them to know that we appreciate their sacrifice. And um, as a military wife as well, and those are hard days. And um, encourage your, your children, and we'll, we, we talk about this a lot, you want to have a prayer altar in your family. You want to have a regular time of prayer every single day. And so if you know people in the military, pray for them by name, pray for their family by name, and see if even kindness is prompted in your children or grandchildren um, to do something for the people that you pray for. And the holidays is uh, a great prompt. I don't want to say a great excuse, but a great prompt to just love people, but especially our military members who give and sacrifice so much. I think there are opportunities here for, um, you know, like your women's ministry to reach out to military wives. There's an opportunity here if you have a ministry to um, widows or widowers in your church. There is um, obviously an opportunity there. If you have um, a disability ministry um, yeah. or a mobility assistance ministry, we have lots of members um, of the military, both active and um, uh, and now um, inactive, who yes. have disabilities and mobility issues and concerns. Maybe the men of your church could go and um, outfit somebody's house to make it more livable for the member of the military who maybe is returning um, with with a less than mortal wound, but a wound that is absolutely going to change the way um, they engage in life um, going forward. There's just all kinds of of opportunities um, during this season to love on those who have made incredible sacrifices for us as a nation. Um, there's a connection here, right, between this election season and the conversation we're having about the service of men and women um, in, in the armed forces. And so as this Veterans Day approaches, you know, what could you do? What will you do? Um, this is an opportunity for us to appreciate uh, the sacrifice and service of others um, who have given so much on our behalf. So you can find resources on Praying for the Military at nationaldayofprayer.org. We're going to continue our conversation with Kathy Branzell here in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. 
And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, so thank you for the ideas rolling in on the text line this morning in terms of things that you've experienced in the past in relationship to honoring veterans. Um, I like uh, I like this idea. Our church um, lists all of the uh, veterans in our congregation by branch um, and years of service in the bulletin um, on the weekend prior to Veterans Day and then encourages everyone to take one of those men or women to lunch on the following Sunday. So there you go. There's a really tangible way to not only recognize and acknowledge, but then connect with and build a relationship and have some fellowship with um, with a veteran or um, somebody from a military family. Uh, I like the I like the idea here. We live close to a veteran uh, cemetery, mm-hmm. and we participate in putting flags on all of the graves uh, prior to Veterans Day. What an act of um, that's that's wonderful, right? That's that's just wonderful. I like that. Um, yeah, right. People have great ideas. Oh, here's another one. I live near, um, a VA hospital and, Mm -hmm. um, and I try to serve those who are serving there. Well, that's great too, right? Like, um, those who serve veterans in tangible ways, we could be serving them as well as a concentric circles of care and concern. I like that. Hey, thanks everybody for texting in. If you've got an idea. Yeah, right. If you've got an idea, you can text in at 877-933-2484. We're talking with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force, also, um, you know, a generational member of uh, of the armed forces in the United States of America. Like, I actually know why people call you brats, but it, and it's not because you're spoiled. It's because you're like the, the sassiest crowd out there. It's like the positive form of brat. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I All got right. to see the world. So there's that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God was just preparing me to get to be president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force because he taught me to love the world. He taught me to love America, um, you know, at a very young age by letting me see it and let me meet so many people, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people before I even reached high school. So that in that way, um, it makes me a holy brat. (laughs) I love it. Um, All right. We do have a question from a listener who says, hey, I just tuned in. Maybe you already covered this, which, by the way, we didn't. So it's a really good question. Um, Are there resources out there to find um, reliable information on candidates? It's really difficult to know where they stand. That is so true. Like I 100 percent recognize that particular challenge. Um, I think that this is where um, we have to do our due diligence as, uh, you know, as citizens. And depending where you live, the information that is available to you uh, is different. I think going to their um, candidate websites or campaign websites is at least where you're going to get what they're saying about themselves, which is more helpful, I think, than what other people are saying about them. There are um, a lot of quote unquote information sources out there that are actually just, um, uh, you know, political uh, political action groups that are, you know, trying to get their candidate elected by providing negative information about the other candidate. So I find going to their websites and then um, asking direct questions 
uh, and seeing whether or not you get an answer. Um, sometimes that's uh, helpful as well. Kathy, you got ideas how to how to get good, reliable information on candidates? Um, yeah, and and there's lots of them out there. So um, hear me, I'm 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 not giving like a favorite or disparaging another, but I know that my faith votes, my faith votes um, offers a candidate comparison voter guide. And um, just lots of information. You can also see a sample of your ballot so you're not caught flat footed in the voter booth. Um, If there is a a particular issue, if you're getting to vote on a, say, a judge, you know, or just somebody that you would know less about than, say, a, a governor, a gubernatorial candidate or a senator or something like that. And so that's just a great way to get information. And again, pray it through and um, run it through the filter of scripture. But my faith votes um, will offer uh, comparisons of the various candidates and what they are standing for. Interesting. All right. So that's myfaithvotes.org. Yeah, I'm I'm on the website now. Yeah. And you can just, there's a voter hub. You can access a sample ballot from where you live. And then there are candidate comparison voter guides as well. Hey, thanks. I'm so glad. I'm so glad for the question on the Text line at 877-933-2484. And thank you, um, Kathy, for having a ready answer. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the holidays are coming. Like, I, yes. as soon as we turn the calendar from October to November, I'm like, oh, okay. I got to get, like, Christmas lists put together. And I got to be thinking about Thanksgiving and who's going where, when, and how to manage everybody's expectations and schedules and diets Ooh. and requirements and the politics that are going to come up at the dinner table and on and on and on and on and on. So... Can you yes. help us take a deep breath and prayerfully, um, positively anticipate spending time with our family? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So um, here's here's my word for you. Ready. So ready yourself for the holidays. Ready yourself first so that you're ready for whatever is about to happen. Now, um, this is a take every thought captive moment. Because uh, a million things could happen at your Thanksgiving table. Let's just start with that. Um, Conversations that you would rather not have that you know are going to immediately, that somebody's going to come and sit down at your table with the one agenda of causing conflict at the table. They're coming with a chip on their shoulder, a grudge, whatever it is. Um, and, And so ready yourself. For a kind, remember, you know, a gentle, a gentle response turns away wrath and just refuse, uh, ready yourself to refuse to engage in conflict. Um, Have yourself prepared uh, with a handful of, um, if this happens, then this is how I'm going to respond If you have a member of your family, a grumpy uncle or a snarky child or whatever it is that is going to show up at your house and and just change the entire atmosphere, when they strike, go hug them. Remember, we've talked about this a thousand times. Every fruit has a root. There is some deeper need in them. And um, my goal for the holidays is to love people well. That's my goal every day. That's what I want said about me when I uh, get to go to heaven. But don't allow um, 
them to engage your emotions in the flesh. And so also don't make yourself crazy between now and Thanksgiving, going through every scenario of what if, take every thought captive and and don't let the what if um, take over the soil of your heart and make you crazy and grumpy and ornery <laughs> for the holidays. But do be prepared um, with a kind, gentle, hey, let's um, let's leave the past outside the door and let's just enjoy today in the present. I'm so happy you're here. Just thank God you're here and thank you for being here. So let's just start right here and now and have an awesome day. Those kind of things where you just refuse to let them push your buttons. I think setting the tone with prayer, setting, you know, setting the table, praying mm-hmm. for, um, you know, who's going to be sitting in each and every seat and the spirit yep. um, that's going to, uh, the spirit that's going to dwell in that room, um, having some table topics or some games, um, providing some reasons for people to leave the table, like, and giving them permission to do that. Um, I have a friend who last year shared a story about how she plans distractions in advance. Um, mm-hmm. And she even has um, one of her kids um, who like knows in advance this plan. And this is not a recommendation, but it was a funny story. So do not do not hear this as a recommendation, but as a funny story. OK, people, <laughs> she taught her child how to light a candle in the bathroom and set off the fire alarm. So that. <laughs> Extreme. I know, but she's like that got everybody up from the table and out of the house. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, and it worked for her. And I'm like, okay, that's funny. Probably not. Like, I'm hoping it doesn't get to that extreme. So, I like the uh, ready yourself to be ready. That's really, really helpful. All right, um, Kathy. As always, thank you so much. We look forward to talking with you um, again in anticipation of the holidays. And between now and then, we'll be praying each other up. Yes, love you guys. Thank you. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's Kathy Brandell. You can find her at nationaldayofprayer.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Hey, um, thank you for those of you texting in about um, local and statewide options in terms of finding information about candidates. If you are pro-life, you very likely have a pro-life ministry in your state that is offering um, um, some guidance as well. So you might want to check that out state by state. Hey, we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.